and you need to ask yourself, is this belief actually true? Do I really need to impress people? Let me give you the quick solution and answer right away. It's no. And let me tell you what really impresses people that a lot of athletes mistake in this for are high performers. You were just so focused at one point on utilizing your strengths and you brought them out to the surface that people fell in love with you because of that. You need to work through your past to get to your future. You do. And if you're holding that burden of constantly feeling that weight on your shoulders, which most people do, you need to realize you deserve to resolve that. I think this week's episode is going to be very freeing for a lot of people tuning in. Even if you yourself got attracted to the title and you saw it and it buzzed to you where it's like, okay, fears and so on. Like this is, this is really a topic that I really feel needs to be addressed with high performers because oftentimes high performers like to put on a face of bravery and courage and that's, it's admirable. But the truth is this, oftentimes your next level lies just on the other side of your greatest fears. And oftentimes we're made to feel weak if we express that we have a fear in any way, shape or form. And we like to watch these motivational videos of the great Kobe Bryant and what they used to say and he used to say and what Michael Jordan used to say and all these different athletes. And we almost feel like sometimes fear is something that you can't admit. Well, I'm going to tell you this, and it's going to be something we discuss in depth today. Every single high-performing individual that we have worked with here at Moliteum up to this point, doesn't matter if they're a business professional, which is what you might be tuning in, or an athlete, which is what you might be tuning in. Fear is within them all, and their next level is just on the other side of it. Yeah, and I think being a high performer, you have to, well, not that you have to, but that sense of I'm good all the time, it needs, it's... Like Bullshit. there's pressure to do that, but there is pressure to do that. Like if you're not feeling good to, um, that week or, or something, and then you end up losing the starting gig for that week. And then it goes into, Oh, someone else can take over. Like that fear is, I mean, why not put that, that face on, right? Like if you really have to sometimes, how, how do you fight against that? Yeah. And that's, that's what we want to talk about today. So for you tuning in, I'm going to tell you right now, this will be a very freeing episode and it's also going to be one too, though, where it's it's coming to the to, to grips with some hard realities, right? And I feel like that's something a lot of people don't like to do. We talk about this a lot when it comes to individuals and embracing what's true in front of you, and not settling to accept things for mediocre, but instead to keep pushing it. And if you want to really push and get to the next level, you've got to understand how to really overcome fear. Because it's for every single individual, for every high-performing person, for every athlete, it's always there. It's natural to be there. It's natural to be there when you progress in different areas of your life. It's natural to be there when you progress to different areas of your sport or your your life's work. It's natural, which means if it's natural, you got to understand how to deal with it. Well, and I think another point of this episode too, and actually not even the point of the episode, but a lot of the stuff that we work on with with our own athletes is... The fact that we don't want them to have to put on that that brave face or feel like they have to put on that brave face. It's let's deal with the problem up front. Let's deal with how to figure out how to deal with fear up front so that you don't resort to having to put on that brave face, right? That it's, inauthentic brave uh, face. I was going to say, it's funny. You almost take off the brave face to be truly brave, mm-hmm. right? It's like it's... Anyways, play on words. So let's dive into this. First thing you got to understand that fear is nothing more than negatively associating the past to an event or experience and turning it into a belief, 
right? So when you fear something, let's get to the root of this all so we can dismantle every single myth you've potentially heard. All a fear is, is a false emotion that appears real, aka something you've experienced in the past. It was a negative experience. As a result of that, your brain now has categorized it as a negative experience in your head. So moving forwards in some way, shape or form, you're fearing that. Yeah. Like right? uh, what? Maybe going into the corner in hockey, for example, you see someone when you're younger, uh, they get crunched, they get injured. Then you start seeing yourself, oh, I don't want that to happen to me. You start to play against those. And it's like, now I'm not going into the corner. I'm not playing hard. I'm not putting myself in those positions. And in reality, it's part of the game. Well, right? and that's something Chris just brought up that's very interesting too, though. Sometimes these fears come from a place where it didn't even happen to you. Yeah, it doesn't right? have to happen to you. And it it's could an be imagined suffering future. It's tough. Yeah. And you got to understand, though, that all your brain is trying to do when you start to get into this fear is protect you, which is normal, which is why you also have to understand how to fight against it. Because I can't tell you how many times... You know, people have feared things from their past, and it's something we'll talk about in the second point that hasn't been true for them. So here's how a belief works, because you need to understand it so that we can really break it down in this episode. But a fear is this. So it starts as an idea, right? And once it starts as an idea, you then back it up with these things called references. Just like if you've ever been through it in high school, you have to write a paper to prove your argument or your point or your idea, you need to back it up with references. Now there's three references though, that we utilize as human beings. The first one being past experiences. These are the most impactful because of how much emotional intensity they carry with it. Yeah, you experience them. Right? Yeah. The second thing is um, information, which in today's day and age in an information-based world, it's very easy to get your hands on. So usually what happens, you have this idea, you experience something in the past, then you start collecting information on it that even though it's subjectively one way to you, you start to believe that that's the absolute truth. And the final one, which usually comes as a third step, is imagination. And that can be a reference for you. So you can imagine something that might not necessarily be true or ever happened to you, but you start to think it's going to be happening because you have that imagination. So the process that usually happens behind this and how it usually goes is like I just said, you start with this idea, you experience something in the past, you then drop more ideas about it. Because of that experience, now you go and find information on it and you start to collect information. And then because of that, you start to imagine a future of that, right? So let's give a real example. If you've experienced in the past where one of the most easy ones is that you believe a certain level of a sport is tough to play at. And that was the experience you had because it was tough for you in the past. Then you start collecting information on that. So that information might be you start looking at stats across the league and you start saying to yourself, can I hit that? Maybe you start to see, you know, how intensely some players play at that level and you wonder, can I also do that? Then once you start to collect all that information, whatever form it comes in, you then start to imagine now based on your past experiences and information, what the future could potentially be like. So now you might sit there starting to imagine, oh, I can't do it. I don't think I can hit that level. I don't know if I can. And this is, this is the real thing that happens with a lot of people who fear the next level, mm -hmm. right? Or fear that something happened because in the past, can I really do it in the future? Am I able to hit that expectation? But that's really what goes down. You know what? And I know you said that past experiences are, are like the top one. Uh, personally, I don't know, maybe maybe I'm wrong in this, but I feel like the information one is starting to get up there now, yeah. especially with social media and all the friggin' 
bullshit that you see online with, oh, you know, you got to use these pans and, and these oils and all this other shit and sugar's bad and gum's bad and all this other stuff. And it's like, there's so fear. much, there's so much information out there that represents both sides that you don't even know anymore. Right. And then all of a sudden you start to like, I honestly, I think information involuntary information, like uh, just scrolling, I think that might be up there now with, uh, experiences i think that's one of the worst things actually that's a very good point because it's like you might not even know that something's there and then all of a sudden you start worrying about it oh yeah and and all you need is one person one one person that looks put together online to validate or just agree with what you said well and then all of a sudden you find five more people that do it and it's like fuck man these people are whack jobs in the first place and it's like here we go down down the rabbit hole and and it's like there it is but let's talk about why fear sells Mm. fear misery loves company and fear draws eyes right so oftentimes what you need to be super hyper freaking aware of as a high performing individual if you're somebody who consumes and utilizes social media which the majority are realize that the majority of marketing out there is fear driven marketing Fear-driven marketing gets clicks. Fear-driven marketing gets views. Fear-driven marketing gets engagement. If you're a high performer, filter this shit out like it's something you should never be touching. Yeah, and even the, uh, like some of the stuff that I was talking about with all those, you know, nutritional stuff and all that stuff, like it's almost like the research now, the the journals and all that stuff, the backed stuff that that backs up those things is almost fear driven. Yeah. It feels like that anyways. Well, like paid studies. Oh, paid study. Like it just feels like that. Yeah. That's all. Well, the so, other thing you have crazy. to remember too, though, is like you, you kind of got to question the information you're taking in too. Mm-hmm. Like, is it really timeless information that will change my yeah, life? But also at what point what point do you have time to actually look into that stuff? Because you're just hammered and hammered and hammered. And then, yeah, that's true. And then it's like, you're just burnt out from why am I going to go research any, or I don't have the, the bandwidth to go research it anymore. So I'm just going to accept the first two things that I see. And then that's it. So it's it's, it's crazy stuff, but back to (laughs) this more for high performance and stuff like that. So, haven't what were the three again we had the uh personal experiences, personal experiences information and, and imagination. imagination and those are the three things you got to understand that's how beliefs are built and any belief like we're going to break down right now in the second point any belief can be broken into it so let's go into the next one the next one's being if you really want to get through your fears you got to start questioning your belief systems let me let me blow your mind right now if you're somebody who's tuning in and you got to understand this because we do this all the time in our coaching programs and it's one of the the best things to shed light on, okay? Tell me right now who taught you how to eat the things you eat. Parents. Right. Tell me if you selectively chose what you believed was the right religion for you. Or were you born into somebody who said this is what we believe in? I guess you could call that your first religion. Correct. See, (laughs) but this is what I'm saying, right? Even what's considered healthy food might be considered unhealthy to somebody else. To your point, your religion, often when you get to a point of more maturity is when you start to really start to like look at things and see if it's for you. The only reason I play on those two, I'm not questioning religion or nutrition in any way for you, but my point is oftentimes you're given belief systems by people who are not even close to being on the same path as you. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. And when you don't question these beliefs or you don't question what the truth is about something you're thinking about, 
oftentimes you just assume it to be true and it's the furthest thing from it, man. And you have to understand that if you're going to be somebody who breaks through the next to the next level, questioning beliefs has to become a very regular part of your process. Like I'm going to be the first to admit it. I push a lot of things forwards and I often push the envelope, especially with what we do here at the company, right? I'm all One of the biggest things though that I'm constantly doing is questioning my belief system of what it currently is in order to get to that next level. Because the problem that I find a lot of times, especially with high performing individuals, like I just saw this with one of our MBA guys the other day, is, you know, the, the, the people, every time you go to the next level, I should say, there's always going to be a hesitation of if you can truly get it, if you can truly do it, right? And I know a lot of people like to, again, back to our first point, pretend they're brave and pretend that they're know all and be all and so on. But the truth is this, there's always going to be a belief system that potentially comes up some slight fear to some way, shape or form of if you can or cannot achieve it. Right. And you've got to be super aware of that, hyper aware of that, because that's the thing that often holds you back and it gets buried very quickly. So questioning your belief systems of where that belief came from and if it's actually true is one of the most important. Like I had a, I had a call with uh, an athlete yesterday an application call we took. Again, if you want one of our programs, application link down below. But I had an application call with one of these athletes and this individual was saying to me, they said, you know, I had a poor tryout, which is momentary. Mm -hmm. And now I feel like I'm just not good at what I do. I didn't make the team. I said, okay, so what's the truth? Did you have an off day? And they judged you based on one day, which it was a one day tryout, which in my opinion is the stupidest thing teams can do yeah. because like we talk about this all the time, right? A one day tryout is a snippet in time where somebody's dog could have died, whether or not you know it, and they're coming now to perform and they're not just, they're, they're just having an off day. It's called being human, right? Even though the excuse for high performers is you got to be on all the time. I get it. But so this individual had that. She was talented at what she did, had an off day, got judged on it. Fine. You can't control that. Doesn't make the team. The belief system then becomes, I'm not good anymore at sport X, mm -hmm. right? That's a, that, that's a major limiting belief that's not even close to being true. And when we got through the process and questioned it, and it was like, were you focused on your strengths? No. Were you focused on anything? Not really. I was all over the place. Okay. So right there, you can see why you weren't being your best. Do you, did you have an off day? Well, I woke up, I was feeling sick. It was this, okay. How long were the tryouts? One day, one scrimmage got based on that last second team, blah, blah, blah. So is it really that you weren't good or were you just not focused on the right things and you weren't able to execute because you didn't put yourself in the right state to be? Yeah. And, and see what's messed up about that is one, that's how quickly a belief can form. It's very just, fast. Well, so that's emotional it, intensity behind an experience, well, right? Exactly. Right, right away. How fast is that tryout? That's what, maybe two hours? Yeah, if that. If that. How quickly a belief, uh, how, I don't know how long she was playing for, but maybe she's been playing for like 18 years. And mm -hmm. in that two-hour span, a belief of I'm not good enough all of a sudden just pops up. That's tough. Yep. Well, let me even get you on a belief that a lot of other people have too, and it's, it's a real tough one that's legitimate. The feel or belief that high performances are a matter of perfection. Mm -hmm. It's one of the biggest myths ever. It's an 80-20 game. It's always going to be an 80-20 game. High performances, if you break them down, are the most imperfect things you'll ever see. Yeah. Right? Yeah, it's even just, watching them. Like, yeah. you, you could watch them. How many how many mistakes Errors. happen within two minutes of of watching? Yeah. Like a misplaced pass, a bad call, whatever. Yeah. You know? So here's your, here, here's your crash course 
on how to really break a limiting belief right now. And you can follow these simple steps. Write these down if you want. I'm telling you it's freeing. Number one, identify the belief that's holding you back, right? Look at everything, see what it is. Ask yourself, what am I really buying into right now that I'm fearing? So what's the pain I'm avoiding or that I'm doing that's holding me back? So it might be something like, well, I'm always trying to be perfect because I'm fearing, you know, I'm not going to impress people. That's a real thing. That's actually one of the most common beliefs that come up. Maybe it's a belief that, well, I didn't make the team in the past, so I'm not good enough to make it in the future. That's a belief. So you have to identify that first. The second thing you then need to go on and do is you need to understand where it started. Get right to the root of it. I can always tell you, one of the biggest limiting beliefs that I had and that broke me completely free when I went through it playing soccer was that I wasn't good enough because of the fact that I was always getting chewed up a little bit, I would call it in high school. And we'll talk about that in a second, the next point. But I then formulated that belief that I always had to impress people. And Mm -hmm. when I started to focus only on impressing people to get the acceptance of them, that was something that really, you know, deterred my path going forwards in the future. And I know it was something when I was in Italy that really impacted me and it really affected my performances. So once I, unfortunately, I wasn't equipped with these kinds of tools or resilient skills back then. But now when I look at it, it's like, how stupid was I? Or not even how stupid, but how stupid was it to buy into that, right? Never how stupid am I, but how stupid was it of me to buy into that? Like that wasn't even the true belief. The the fact was I was dealing with insecure people in high school who decided to take it out on me, who then led me to believe in the fact that I wasn't good enough and I had to impress people and blah, blah, blah. That's, That's reality in life, right? So you get to the root of it, find out where it started. Then you need to challenge the references and you need to ask yourself, is this belief actually true? Do I really need to impress people? Let me give you the quick solution and answer right away. It's no. And let me tell you what really impresses people that a lot of athletes mistake in this for high performers. You were just so focused at one point on utilizing your strengths and you brought them out to the surface that people fell in love with you because of that, right? That's the absolute truth behind it. And I'm always going to go back to that. People think, oh, I impressed somebody. No, you didn't, man. What you did was showcase your strengths consistently. And somebody took note of that and fell in love with that and decided to make you make the team. Yeah. And oftentimes what's kind of cool about that is your strengths, you enjoy doing them the most. Right. So as soon as you start getting away from that enjoyment, like, of course, you're you're going to put, you're not going to put your best foot forward, right? Yeah. And that's the thing. You got to question your beliefs on that side, right? So once you break that down, you need to come up with a new empowering belief. So the new empowering belief, like I said, if you're always wanting to impress people, you found like me, it came from high school. I found out what really did impress people, which, or I found out that it wasn't true that I was impressing people. What I found out was true was that I just focused on using my strengths and that's actually what got me the praise and such that I wanted. So now today's belief is that I don't need to do anything more than focus on my strengths, unapologetically focus on my strengths. And when I do that, everybody else take note, takes note. I was literally having this conversation the other day with one of our NBA players, and it was the same thing. It's like, hey, dude, the one thing that holds you back is when you're not unapologetically yourself because you're a good dude. That's the reality. So once you break down your beliefs, you need to find the counter belief. The counter belief is usually what's actually true. So what was actually true for me, and this is what I would do, I would look at it and say, okay, the truth is when I focus on my strengths and I go all in on them, I don't need to worry about a thing because everything else around me starts to happen. And once you find that belief, the last step to this all, you need to review that every single day. And the way I suggest doing this, it's called something, it's something called future pacing. It's an actual, um, an actual uh, technique you can do. Future pacing is where you 
you do 15 total visualizations of this, okay? So just seeing yourself in a scenario. What you want to do is see yourself in past scenarios and see yourself applying this belief and how it would have changed your life in the time. So I did that with, with soccer, right? I saw if I actually believed in this belief where I was just focused on my strengths when I was in Italy, I definitely would have had more success there. So that's one thing. And right away, it's like, okay, now it's a new association. I then visualize how that belief works for me in the present. So I see myself in different situations that I would face, five of them in a day. I see myself using my strengths in our sessions that we have with our athletes, in calls that I have for sales, in marketing meetings and whatever. And I see how just calling on my strengths would bring me success. Then I also do that for the future. So once you get to the root of what the truth is, visualize yourself using that. Five in the past, five in the present, five in the future. I guarantee you it'll make a world of change for you. Not only that, but I think it, it'll also, like whenever we go through or anyways i have these conversations with with our athletes it's it's difficult to talk well about yourself yep like there's always an issue there's always something that i got to work on and stuff like that but when you start to go into the strengths of the individual and they start to call them out and then there's that kind of connection and realization of oh you know what i actually have something to bring to the table and I'm good at it and I enjoy doing it. It's, it's like, it's, it's a freeing experience. Yeah. You know, it's majorly and and because like you can work on it, you can have fun actually working on it. Yeah. And I was going to say too, with that, you, you've just always got to keep in mind, like a lot of the beliefs you have are often misrepresentations of the past. So like, they're not even true. Like when they, when they've done studies before on this, they found when they asked studies or um, subjects in a study to to rehearse back to them what they just saw or witnessed or heard, they could only often ever describe it close to about 20% of what was actually true. So now think of a belief that you've had that you've thought to be true for years on end when really it might just be a misrepresentation of the past. That's often what it is. Right? It's kind of so. like when you play, or maybe this hasn't happened for everybody, but when you play a video game when you're younger, Yes. And then a couple of years later, you come back to it because you were so pissed off that you couldn't get by this one guy. And then you realize, oh, I figured it out later on. Mm-hmm. Like it's a past misconception that this game was stupid. I can't do yeah. it anymore. All this. Then you get some experience. You get some more, I guess, skill building, if you want to call it that, in that realm. And then all of a sudden you beat the guy and you look back and it's like, damn. Yeah. That's That was not. Well, <laughs> and on the opposite end too, you can also formulate new beliefs, right? Like mm-hmm. you should be formulating beliefs that you do deserve to be the best friggin' version of yourself. You should believe in that. You should. That's what we do as human beings. Anything you can do, be the best version of yourself. You should believe in the fact that you deserve to have the best in life if you work for it. You do. Des- you 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 should believe in that stuff, right? So like, don't only break down past beliefs and question past beliefs. Formulate new ones. I try to do it once a month where I'm formulating some kind of a new belief, and I'm also anytime I'm taking that step to the next level, like I said, I'm questioning what beliefs I would have that would hold me back. And just so everyone knows that's listening, what Matt is saying here, it doesn't take some crazy routine or anything to get this done. Like no. you got to wake up at three in the morning, do this, no. and then this. It's it's literally just taking what half hour, an sitting hour, there, yeah, and thinking, thinking about it. That's all it is. Yeah. And if you want to have the premium experience, again, there's application links down below to work through one of our programs. We often work, this has worked in every single one of our program for 
are obvious reasons to it. We're helping people get to the next level. We always have to deal with beliefs. So if this is something and you're like, hey, you know what? I've had something that's held me back in the past for a long time. It could even be something like unhealthy behaviors or whatever it might be. We can help you change those, right? And it's like, sometimes you need that extra helping hand. Next one. If you want to break free of your fears, you need to resolve past traumas. Listen, I'm not trying to trigger anybody here or get anybody, you know, uncomfortable, even though it is a little bit, but your next level, your best level is often just on the other side of those past traumas. And when most people hang on to those traumas and they don't deal with them, it often promotes very unhealthy behavior. Did you just see the the most recent interview with um, footballer Deli Ali? I, I saw snippets of it. Yeah. So this Crazy is a great stuff. example, like trigger warning on that one. He got uh, molested when he was a child. But Deli Alley is a very interesting story of how not resolving past traumas can manifest into impacting your entire life. And it's it's heartbreaking to watch because I'll be honest with you, I've never had I've never had a, a past trauma that intense or like, you know, to that degree. Yeah. I have gotten bullied, which really impacted me, though, to a certain degree definitely, which I'll talk about in a second. But the point is this poor kid, like there was even, um, Amazon series done yeah, on his the team. All or nothing. I remember right. he, not that he was made to be a villain. He, it was very misunderstood. It and was. I'm sure even it was Mourinho at the time that was the coach. Oh, I'm sure he's looking back at that now being like, damn, yeah, you know, and he's probably reached out to him already as soon I'm as he sure saw he that. But even Delhi in the interview, sorry, just to say because I watched the whole thing. He goes, "I'm not, I'm not faulting anybody yeah. because I never talked about it." Yeah, exactly. Right? And that's the truth, though. It's like I'm not saying you need to stand here on the top of a mountain and and preach your past traumas. What I'm saying is, just like Delhi, like if you see this guy in the interview, he's night and day what he what he was projecting to be in like the series you watch, right? Mm-hmm. And he's like. Just you, you got to go check it out. Type in D E L L E. I think it's A L L I, right? Or A L I. D E L L E A L space A L I. Deli Ali. But there's a great interview that he did with Gary Neville, and he's talking about it. And it's tough to watch. Again, I will trigger warn you right now. But the point is, like, you just see the relief on this man's face when he goes through and goes to his rehab for six weeks and does what he needs to do and relieves those past traumas. It's you need to work through your past to get to your future. You do. And if you're holding that burden of constantly feeling that sagging weight on your shoulders, which most people do, you need to realize you deserve to resolve that. You do. Not only deserve to resolve that, but I think a a common misconception is to get through these things. It takes um months and years and it doesn't stuff. i think if you like that's a misconception that needs to be a, a, a little bit addressed yeah. because you can make that change you really can it does take work and it does take i was just gonna and say it does take focus but like i if you do it the right way you can it it's a shorter amount of time than Let's spend years trying yeah. to break this down. Well, and I think the biggest thing, too, that a lot of people need to realize, it's it's kind of like it always talks about in the great book, Atomic Habits, right? Habits, which all that... So you got to realize something, and I'm not just trying to simplify this because it's, it's not. I know past traumas are complex, but the mechanism of it is that you get triggered by something, right? There's a... So you, you're queued up by something emotionally, 
or physically, you then want to go solve the craving that you have to get rid of that pain. So you adapt a new routine and this routine could be, you know, substance abuse. It could be, um, getting angry. It could be snapping and lashing out, whatever. And then once you do that, it's with the desired reward for you to get out of that state of pain. So what you need to understand is like it talks in the book, atomic habits, habits never go away. You just overwrite them through repetition. The more intense the repetition, the quicker you'll resolve it. To Chris's point, you can resolve these things quickly when you have a scoped in immersive, intensive practice that you lay out for yourself for the co- over the course of a couple of weeks where you're just working on resolving that, right? And when you have that scoped in practice and work, you really can resolve what's going on at a quicker pace than most people that would say have a session once every week or every two weeks, or you can't treat it as if it's something that's just like casual. It's not go at it, go at the root, hit it hard, do it. I would say this too. You could try doing it on your own, which I'm totally an advocate for. I believe we're much more powerful as human beings than we believe. However, if you're not trained in this, which 99.9 probably percent of people tuning in are not, you should probably work through it with a professional, right? Somebody that can give you the tools, somebody that can help you resolve it, somebody that can help you understand and overwrite past negative patterns with current positive ones and future positive ones. But the point is, if you're feeling like it's something that's super intense and you're you're sitting here thinking about it right now and it's already causing you like an emotional stir up, you probably need to seek some support and help. And I highly advocate that for you. And I know from, you know, dealing with a lot of people who have gone through and resolved their traumas, I know it's a very personalized thing and something you need to be ready for. And sometimes you're not and that's okay. But Take it from me on this one. I'm going to I'm gonna push this just a little bit and I will say this. I know the fear even of working through that past trauma could be tough, but I'll tell you that momentary fear is well worth the chronic long-term pleasure you're going to gain from working through it. And if you need that wake-up call now and you need that push for somebody to just, maybe you needed to hear the message of like, hey, go resolve that. Let it be me right now. I'll fall on that sword. Go resolve it. Your next level is waiting just on the other side of it. You deserve to take full control again, and you deserve to be the best version of yourself. That's how life is supposed to be lived. So do what you got to do. We're always here to support you. Uh, We don't specialize necessarily in the past trauma realm. We do know some fantastic people that do, though. We're always here for reaching out, for help, for whatever you need. And of course, a community of difference makers that will support you through um, your, your process of healing that. So Resolve your past traumas. It's a very freeing process. It's something I did even with my own bullying incidents that I was hanging on to that really drove a lot of my behaviors. Um, and it's something that I will say for a lot of people, again, it's it's one of the best things you can do, okay? Next, you got to stop associating this kind of coaching with negativity, okay? Let's talk straight for a sec. The great Cristiano Ronaldo. This guy talks about having close to 17 different kinds of psychologists and mental coaches on his staff, <laughs> right? Now, again, that's excessive. I don't know if you need that many different kinds of inputs. I will say though, every high performer understands that if they're tuning their body to be the best in the world, why the hell wouldn't you tune your mind to be the best in the world? Yeah. You got to have both of them kind of connect together, right? They work together. Yeah. Yeah. They must. And, and it's, and I think what a lot of people forget too, is that you need to realize if you haven't ever been in a high performance environment and you're with people that aren't high performing individuals or haven't been in that environment themselves, they don't necessarily have the belief systems installed within them 
to help you in that side of your life, right? Like mm. I always look at it at my experience, even with professional soccer, I had two parents and a brother, obviously, who were very supportive of what I did, but I never had parents or a brother who played professional soccer, mm-hmm. right? And the hard part about that was their common wisdom as much as I, I talk in this third person, but like yourself even, yeah. as much as you, mom and dad and so on, did your best to give me the best advice that you possibly can it really is just common wisdom versus training a lot of times well for us it was just how far our personal experience could take us exactly and there's nothing wrong with that people with good intent to try and help you rock on kudos to you that's awesome but you need to realize if you're really going to do this at the next level you need to make sure you have a coach and you're you're not seeing the side as a negative side where you need to work on your beliefs and you need to work on your mind this is an absolute strength Mm -hmm. right so again Application um, links are down below. Pocket coach links are down below. Work on something, though. Get some kind of a coach with this. I'm telling you, it will help you in in many different ways. And I think it's fair to say on a very, very basic, basic level, I think everyone's experienced this, or any athlete anyways who's ever played. Um, That's the difference between, like you said, the physical and the mental kind of have to pair up together. A very basic example of that is being that practice player Mm -hmm. or being thought of as a practice player yes where you're feeling you know you can do all the skills in practice there's no pressure you can do everything in game you have that pressure that mentality of attack as opposed to hesitate and sit back you don't know how to deal with it yeah like at a very basic level which i'm sure we've all experienced is being called that practice player where it's like oh that connection is missing Yes, absolutely. Next one. If you want to get through your fears, you need to either acquire or enhance skills. It's very simple. Sometimes we fear because we know we're not ready, right? And the hard, the harsh reality you got to have with yourself is sometimes like I've been saying I've been preparing, but I really haven't. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, because you know you're not prepared, you start getting all stressed out and anxious and worried. And then you start fearing going into a performance and blah, blah, blah. So Sometimes a simple solution is simply just acquiring or enhancing a skill. What does that mean? It simply means this. Every single one of our pro athletes, even our youth athletes, doesn't matter the age, doesn't matter the sport, doesn't matter what they do. They are doing mental repetitions four times a week. The guided visualizations that we talk about multiple times. If you're new to our podcast, check out the past episode. We have a link to um, a a mental reps audio track that we use with all of our athletes. Mm -hmm. You got to do that four times a week minimum. I suggest if you're just starting out and you need to really build that certainty behind a skill, do it seven times, go for it. You then need to make sure that you're doing film studying of your role models who are already doing that skill well, two to three times a week. It's going to show you the right way to do things and how to do it. Then you need to take actual physical practice daily, or at least I would max out at five times a day where you take what you're visualizing and you go work on it in practice for real five minutes each. That's 15 total. Cause we do three sets of 10 on the skills and different situations, go work 15 minutes extra after practice on your own. And the last part is you need to walk into performances with a laser focus on the actions you can control. It's that simple, but you either need to look at it and ask yourself, am I fearing this next level because I don't have the skills? Then great, go acquire them. Or are you fearing the next level because you just, you have the skills, but you're not fully there when it comes to the trust and belief in them? No problem. Go enhance those skills. But the point is, Sometimes these fears, oftentimes I would say these fears can be defeated through acquiring a skill or enhancing it. Mm-hmm. That's simple. And you know, I, I'm, I'm curious, 
so believing that you already have these skills, could that be something that works against you? Yes. Because then all of a sudden you stop sharpening them, you stop putting in the extra time. Well, I, I don't even know about believing you have the skills. I think reframing the, or requesting that, or um, sorry, reframing the question to, have you believed that the skill is tapped out because this is always a game of maintenance, mm. right? Enhancement and maintenance, enhancement and maintenance. And it's like, if you're somebody who's believed like, hey, I've learned the skill and I'm done and I'm good and I don't need it anymore and I don't need to work on it and it's just in me, it's a use it or lose it principle. Yeah, that's fair. Right? So it's like, it can work against you if you're lazy. So yeah. don't be lazy. But at the end of the day, you need to make sure that you're focused on doing the right things and and work and enhancing or acquiring those skills. Otherwise, it's never going to happen. Mm-hmm. Right. Second, last one. You need to get very clear on your next steps. Sometimes we fear things going forwards in the future because we just don't know the next steps. Right. I mean, when I was taking this, working on in the early days, taking this company from nothing to something, I didn't really know my next steps. So my next steps became like personal knowledge, and that really really put some some limitations on what I could do and some fears because it's like, oh my God, I don't know what to do. The simple solution to that was going back to my last point. I just went on YouTube. I typed everything in. I figured it out and I went forwards. It's similar with our athletes, right? Oftentimes with athletes or high performers in general, you're doing so much stuff. You don't slow down and take the time to focus on what you need to do next that you start running in 20 million different directions. I See, I think this one is close to the top is one of the most important ones to get clear on hmm. simply because like the the paralysis of not knowing your next step it's kind of like it's that feeling of <laughs> being in the middle of the ocean with, yeah. with a raft and you're just yeah where do you go yeah. there's nothing you know i think i think this one is one of the major ones that all you need is just step a yeah. And, you know, if you're somebody who really is unclear and you don't know, even know where to start, this is where you contact professionals, mm-hmm. right? Go ask a coach that works on skills. If your next steps on what skill to build is unclear, go ask a coach from the next level that you aspire to be at, what they're looking for in certain players, and then go build those. But find your next steps, right? Even with us, come work with us if you want, and you can work through some of your stuff and and build those next level skills. But regardless of what it is, if you really don't know, go find somebody that does and then take what they're doing or telling you to do and go do it, right? As long as it's good info. So get clear on your next steps. And the last thing that you can do to really make sure that you're dealing with your fears and breaking through them, there comes an element of challenge where you need to put it on yourself, right? And what often a lot of people forget is that when it comes to challenging yourself, it all starts with having certainty and then you build courage and then you build confidence once you get the results. But you should actively be looking to stretch past your limits. You have to understand something about this high performance world. doesn't matter if you're an athlete, doesn't matter if you're whatever it is, a business professional or what. If you're a high performer, this is a world of challenge. And that's the truth of it all. And if you can embrace that, you're going to be okay. If you run from that and hide from it because you don't know the skills you need to use or you're unsure of them and they need to be enhanced or you're unsure of your next steps, then yeah, challenge is going to be freaking hard. But if you know what you're good at, if you if you constantly work on sharpening those skills and do what you need to do, you're going to be more than okay and you're going to be able to break through those fears. And I think this is a major one for becoming the individual. Like we talk about it all the time, we work on the individual and becoming that individual. Yeah. This is, this is that personal side where you can separate your results from the team results. Yeah. So having that 
extra challenge just for yourself, even for a month. Mm-hmm. It kind of, it gives you that extra, I don't know, gives you that for me anyways, it gives me that extra push because I know it's, it's affecting me. Maybe I'm yeah. more selfish than other people, but it's affecting me and not anyone else. Yep. And that's exactly it. Right. So it's like, look, you don't need to fear. You, you just need to understand what to work through. Mm-hmm. And we've given you a long list now. We've given you quite a few things. Listen back to it if you need to. Write down the ones that really mean something to you. Like you, you don't need to do all of these. I mean, if you're starting from ground zero, try all of them. Go at it, right? But write down the ones you really feel you need to do. And go work on those because I'm telling you right now, that scoped in focus of, for yourself of understanding what part of this you can take and extract to work on your fears is going to drastically move that needle forward in your performances quicker than you thought anything else could. So with that being said, thank you so much for tuning in. If you've got some value from this, please like subscribe, click the notification bell. If you're tuning in from YouTube, if you're tuning in from podcasts, Spotify, whatever it might be, please make sure to share this episode, no matter what, follow us, subscribe to this channel, download it. It really helps us when it comes down to just building our following out, building our community out because it allows us to keep bringing you more material that you need. And if you feel that somebody really needs this, please share it with them. Like we're about being difference maker here. This difference makers here. This is literally called the difference maker podcast for a reason. This is to help people become that. And if you're thinking about doing it right now, I'm telling you, just go freaking do it. You can help somebody. It will help them drastically. If you want to work through this and really get your game to the next level, make sure you click our application links down below. Anybody can apply to be a part of our coaching program. We do only accept people we feel that are super serious about them wanting to get to the next level. And if you want to work through this in a different way and do it yourself, we also have the Mala Team Pocket Coach down below that you can click, check out, and go to as well. So with that being said, stay resilient, and we'll see you in the next one.